Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Of all the books that I have read over the course of the last year, the one written by our next guest, I can honestly say, is not the best written. It does not have the best story. It is uh, not going to be remembered in the annals of great literature uh, generations from now. It will not be taught in in, uh, higher academic institutions of any type, but I can tell you two things. One... It is the funniest book that I've read in the last year, maybe ever. And two, it has more practical advice for the modern day workplace than any other workplace book or self-help book you're ever going to come across. Uh, The book is called F Off, Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career. Its author is Jeremy Murphy, the founder of 360 Bespoke, which is a respected, least until this book was written, Boutique PR Agency, and uh, he is the author of F Off Clurry. Joe, uh, Jeremy, it's great to talk with you again. Thanks for joining me on the radio. Thank you for having me again. Uh, Jeremy, for people who haven't heard our previous discussions, uh, what's this book all about? It is a humor book about the cultural divide between young and, and old in the workplace, and specifically about this new breed of Gen Zers who are very entitled and passionate um, uh, want to change the world, but want the world to conform to what they believe. And I find that very humorous because that is not going to happen. Mm. Um, but they're very woke and they're very self-involved. And I thought it was just right for humor. Again, the title of the book is F Off Chloe. Who's Chloe? So Chloe is, for me, it, it's, Chloe is the embodiment of this generation. And I don't mean to uh, paint too wide a brush on this because there are very, very talented, resourceful people in Gen Zers. The Chloe's are a very small breed. And uh, the reason I named it, because they all seem to be named Chloe. Mm. But um, specifically, I had sent an email out to a very wide group of uh, clients or one client in particular with a strategy. And someone named Chloe replied just to me. And said, TLDR, LOL. And I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> and I had to Google it. And TLDR means too long, didn't read. <laughs> and I, I just thought that was hysterical. And so I was like, okay, that's my book. <laughs> and uh, her name was Chloe. It, the book is absolutely hysterical. Hey, uh, one thing that um, people that I've recommended the book to who have read it have asked is, well, the book is funny, and it really does illustrate some true, true-to-life true instances of what's going on in the modern-day workplace. But does he have to use so much profanity? Why do you use so much profanity in this book? Because it's me. <laughs> I'm Irish. You know, that's how I grew up. You know what I mean? It's like... Uh... Uh, that's just my life. I just find a, 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 a well-placed F word or C word it has great effect. It gets right to the, to the root. Um, you know, I worked, I grew up in a newsroom and, you know, uh, I was with Nightwear newspapers. I was a, a daily newspaper reporter 
And that's, that was the culture. Um, and that's, you know, like when you're a journalist and you're starting out, there's not a lot of room for like nuance. You know, it's, you, you just, you get to the heart of it. And, um, that's just who I am. And I, I just felt it like it gave it a little sauce. I didn't, I didn't want it to be politically correct. I didn't want it to feel clinical because mm. my whole thing was, I, I just want to tell the truth. I want to make people laugh. I want to like, you know, take the varnish off stuff. And I just wanted to be myself. And anybody who's around me for 20 minutes knows I have a potty mouth. And so I was like, you know, if I'm going to like strip all this off and like be honest, I got to be honest. Over the last couple of years, the term Karen has entered into the popular lexicon as a description of sort of a young baby boomer or older generation X white woman, usually blonde, usually short hair, usually somewhat spoiled, uh, quick to call upon the manager, perpetually unsatisfied. What is the difference, just so, in terms of stereotypes and archetypes here, what's the difference between a Karen and a Chloe? Well, okay, for, Karens wear athleisure and fanny packs. Mm-hmm. They don't care about how they look. Chloe is all about herself. Chloe is all about grooming, all about her blowouts, all about how she looks, how she dresses, her makeup. It's all about her. And, you know, she has her own Instagram. She has her own, uh, you know, Snapchat. She's on TikTok. Chloe is more, you know, Karen just wants to yell and rage and talk about what's going, you know, how she's offended. Chloe is all about herself. Got it. Because Chloe grew up on social media where she had an audience. So she had likes and followers. And anything she said, she got cheers and and high fives and whatever. So that's a difference. Uh, you know, Chloe is all about herself. She's inward, where Karen is outward. Interesting. Okay, got it. All right. So uh, Chloe is um, basically the star of her own reality show. And, and And Karen is... Uh, perpetually unhappy with the with how the reality show she's watching is unfolding. Yeah, and she wears athleisure. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, and so needless to say, you've met actual actual Chloe's as well. Oh my God, I had one work for me. Uh, I've had several. They are, um, you know, it's it's a new phenomenon. I will say this: it's a new phenomenon, and it, it's come of age during Trump because a lot of people uh, felt um, this. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. Uh, dis- and, 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 and disfranchised and and you know um, Trump and then BLM and uh, a lot of stuff happened where people just felt okay. I have to speak my truth and um, so it really impassioned a whole generation of people, which is good, right? We want young people to be passionate and um, you know. Um, positive and altruistic but you can't impose that on other people Got and it. that that is the the chloe's now just feel like first of all they're very vain and because they grew up on social media because they're very uh uh self-absorbed but they also feel well i i believe this so everybody should believe it and if you don't you're horrible you're a villain you're racist you're you're you're, you're sexist got it uh now um you're a right winger, right? Actually, I was a Democrat, and now I am. Um, I'm a centrist. I actually, 
I got my uh, driver's license renewed, and I changed from Democrat to independent. Ah, well, welcome aboard. As an independent, welcome Thank aboard. You. Um, I had read some uh, people just tuning in. We're talking with Jeremy Murphy. Uh, he's the author of the book F Off Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career. Uh, I had read that this started off as some drunken Facebook musings. Is that true? Yes. So it was during COVID and, you know, anybody who's worked in, uh, who owns their own shop, uh, you know, business just went through the floor. It just went, disappeared. Mm. And so for months, you know, you're not doing anything. You have nothing to do. And, you know, you're trying to, uh, you know, hustle business and whatnot. And one night I uh, was at my computer and um, I just started making lists. And so at first, the first list was people I hate. But that got really long, and I was like, okay, that's not healthy. And then I started making lists of things I don't like about my industry, about PR, and then I, I posted it on a, a private Facebook group uh, of PR marketing people, and it just got traction, and people liked it, and I got comments, and, and, and people were, like, quoting it. And someone from Skyhorse uh, Publishing uh, was on this list, and called me and said, this is a book. And I had a book deal in two days. Wow, uh, that's great. I, I uh, uh, Tony Lyons, the uh, president of Skyhorse, has been a guest on the show. I've known him for years. They're one of my favorite publishers because they are so fearless. They don't care what the, what the reaction is. They'll publish Woody Allen's Absolutely. book. They'll publish Robert Kennedy's book. It doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, crazy conspiracy theory, fine, fine, fine. Um, they're all about getting those ideas out there and stirring the pot, which I just love. So that's great. What has been the reaction? to your book from people that have actually read it, not those that might euphemistically try to judge it only by its cover or its title? I have to say I'm I'm so heartened that I have not gotten one bad response. Um, you know, most of, you know, I, I go on Amazon. It's got like a 95% uh, five-star rating, which is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with that. And I think, you know, most people just um, – they go in it with an open mind because it's got a saucy title, and they read it, and they, and, and they get it for what it is. You know, it's humor. It's light. It's, uh, it's coarse. It's, you know, something you read at home. Um, the people who don't want to like it found – once they read it, they, they begrudgingly say it's funny mm. because you know what it is? I'm not serious. It is not, we're not curing cancer here. Like, I just want people to take a breath and realize, you know what, we're, we, we've spent so much time being outraged. People are looking for things to be outraged about. And I wanted this to be kind of like, take a breath, realize this is absurd. Have fun. You know what? Uh, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to point out that this stuff is insane. Um <laughs> And so I've been really, really heartened. I, re I thought I was going to be canceled. Well, that's the first thing you said not. to me when I met you at the radio station. Um, after I told you I read the book, the first thing you said to me was, I'm, I'm so going to be canceled, <laughs> aren't I? And I'm glad to hear that you haven't been yet. No, you know, I, I, you know some, I, I've seen some stuff online, kind of like, you know, the seeds of it. But I think people... I think people understand that, you know what, the best way to stop all this, you know, the, the, this 
wokeism, this, you know, uh, you know fire, uh, torches, you know, people, you know, looking to, to cancel people is to mock it, is mm. to make fun of it. That's the only way we're going to win. Because if you give these people, if you treat it seriously, you can't win. Because that's when they accuse you of being racist and misogynistic and homophobic and whatever. But if you mock them, if you point out how absurd it is and make fun of them, that's how you get it. And that's what this book is. It's basically like, saying, you know, guys, this is stupid. Can we just can we just realize what, what, what they're doing? Can we realize that Harry and Meghan are idiots and anything they say? Please put it in the garbage. It's it, this is stupid, and that that's the whole purpose of the joke. Uh, the book is to come come on, people. Like let's just be real. The book's certainly very amusing, but do you actually see any of these Chloes in the workplace or their male equivalent, the Chads, actually changing any of their behavior once they're made aware of how annoying their behavior is to others? You know that's a good question. Um, for now, so so what's happening now is a lot of companies, corporations are are very reticent. They're, they're kind of waiting to see how this is going to shake out, so they're tolerating it. And you see all these press releases that we're sustainable and diversity and this council and that council. They're kind of all right. They're like, all right, we're going to put up with this, but you know, business is business, and corporations, it's all about the bottom line. And they're going, once these corporations see, okay, this does not make money, we're losing money on this, this is not good for the bottom line, it's game over. Mm. And Mm. I think the Chloe's and the Chad's going to learn real fast that your opinions don't matter. It's not about you. It's about the company and what you can contribute. Right now, you know, companies are like, well, all right, uh, let's hear them out. I'm telling you, the next quarterly earnings, you know, these companies are going to be like, you know what? This is a waste of money. This is a waste of time. These people are idiots. Um, and it's over. Yeah, no, it's. I certainly hope so. Uh, that would make a, a lot more productive and pleasant workplace than right? uh, instead having uh, all these folks who, as you point out, have HR on speed dial um, and uh, all the disruptive, uh, uh, the disruptiveness that that brings to the workplace culture on a daily basis. Hey, um, I don't know if you see, you've seen this, but did you see the latest with um, with Patty Lapone? Um, yeah. So, what exactly? If people haven't heard about this, what exactly did Patty Lapone do? And is this, even though she's out of the target age group for a Chloe, being seventy three years old, is this a Chloe esque or Karen esque thing to do that she did here? No, you know, I actually I like Patty Lapone because she she does not mince words. You know what? She's on stage. Um, she's performing. And, you know, there's one uh, person who is, you know, who doesn't have the mask on. And, you know, at some point, you know what? Know the rules. Okay. If it says you have to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want it, then don't go. Mm. And, you know, Patty is famous for doing that. You know, someone's phone goes off, she'll stop the show and she'll point them out. And I just like that about her. Like, you know what? If you don't wear a mask, don't go. Just right. don't go. Yeah. No, those are and the rules. she called them out. And I, I just, I, I congratulate her on that. I think that's great. You know, it's like, um, just 
if you don't want to do it, just don't go. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. So this is not necessarily uh, something that is new to the culture. This She would have done this in a pre-Chloe world, a pre-Karen world. Oh, she's done it uh, her whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, she she people talking, people on their cell phones. Um, you know, Patty's famous for that. They call it being laponed. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> I've got to get your take on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial and how this is playing among the masses. Uh, what do you see happening here, if not legally, at least in terms of the public perception of both of these two? Well, first of all, I think this is the dumbest scandal in the history of scandals. Okay, how did this start? Amber wrote a column saying uh, uh, a former uh, lover or boyfriend or whatever had abused her. She did not name him. Okay, he felt, oh, she libeled me or whatever. He sued her. Okay, no one knew it was you. By suing her, you've announced it is you. Okay, right. He outed himself, essentially. He outed himself. And now everything's in the public record. So there's photos of him passed out. There's drugs. There's photos of bruises and everything. This is so dumb. First of all, you've killed your own career. Like, do you honestly think Disney is going to hire you again? Like you were Jack Sparrow. Right. Okay. Disney, family company. Like. This is so stupid. You're spending millions of dollars in legal fees to, to prove what? That you didn't beat her up? Well, okay, there are a lot of photos that might say otherwise. There's photos of you passed out. I mean, come on. It's the dumbest thing I've ever – like, he's just not listening to his vice. Yeah, it seems, though, that he's maintained a fair number of supporters that side with him in this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, um, you know, I'm sure he has supporters. I'm just fascinated that by anybody cares. These people live in such bubbles, and it has no relevance to our lives, okay? I just don't understand. I mean, it's a soap opera, um, but neither of them are sympathetic. I mean, they're two privileged, um, uh, you know, people who have lived in Hollywood in the bubble. They have no sense of reality. Um, I don't understand why people care about this. Yeah, you know, um, I almost feel guilty not caring because wherever I go, I find people asking about this. I feel so I'm thinking, you know, I should care more. Clearly, it's on television all the time. It's all over the newspaper. I, I should be more invested in this, but I just can't bring myself to care about it. Well, whether whether it's the workplace or a bar or a restaurant, whatever the case may be. If you were to pick the generations to avoid, what's number one to avoid? Is it millennials? Is it Gen Z? Is it Gen X? Is it baby boomer? Who are the generations to avoid if you want to not be frustrated? Oh, Gen Z. They're the worst. A hundred percent. And and I say that with a caveat. So if you look at Gen Z, it is probably the most resourceful. Um, capable generation to ever enter the workforce in terms of technology, in terms of knowing social media, knowing apps, knowing platforms, like knowing how to edit video. Like they are so far above us, right? But they are 
they grew up on social media, A, so they think anything they say needs an audience and needs applause. And the other thing is their parents like them too much. Mm. You know, mm. this is a phenomenon where parents want to be friends with their kids. And I've never understood this. Like, I'm the last person my mom wants to hear every day. <laughs> um, it's weird. Like, and, you know, these parents just coddled them and told them they're superstars and you're so great. And, you know, it's the trophy for showing up generation. And so they have not known adversity. No one's ever told them that, no, you're not special. And they bring that into adulthood and it's obnoxious. How do the generations react with one another? Do the millennials get along better with the Gen Xs because they're closer in age or because they are closer in age? Is there sort of a natural competition of scarce resources in the Jeremy Murphy workplace ecosystem? How do the generations interact with one another? I think it's basically like comparing like, you know, we hated I'm Gen I'm Gen X. Okay, we hated millennials until we had to deal with Gen Z. Mm. Now we love millennials <laughs> because they're not Gen Z. Um, and by the way, you know what? Uh, boomers hated us. The the flower generation hated us. So I think it's kind of like this. Sure, it's cyclical. It's a rite of passage. Um, but what I will say is um, I think Gen X is the last generation that really respected paying their dues where, you know, when I got into – I was just happy to have a job and I didn't come in with my own beliefs and what I want other people to feel. I just wanted a job and I knew I just started the bottom and, you know, you put up with a lot of stuff. Um, you know, work was not fun and it was fun, but it was not um, clinical. Like, you know, bosses said stuff, you had to do stuff that you didn't like, you know, you were abused, not like physically, but, you know, it, it was not a day at the beach. Right. There was a toughness and that was expected, not that that would not that was the exception. Exactly. And you know what? That's what gives you your grit. That's what gives you your, your backbone, you, you know, uh, your, your thick skin. And now everybody, you know, millennials, not so much, but Gen Zers are, are so sensitive. And anything you say, they, they, they you know, it's like, oh, my space. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You've offended this and that. And it's like they're not going to learn the hard way because you, you can't like that. Those days are over. Mm. You know, everybody is walking around in bubbles. Everybody's afraid to say something. Um, and I do feel bad for them because, you know, that's how you get good. Right. You know, like you, you, you fail and someone says, you failed and, and you're horrible and then you pick yourself back up and you don't do it again. Uh, now, you know, you say someone needs improvement and HR is going to come and tase you. <laughs> um, is this book only for media people or, or public relations people or can anybody, anybody get something out of this book? Anybody can. So uh, originally it was for written for media, but when I was writing, I realized this applies to every profession. There's a Chloe in finance. There's a Chloe in um, uh, ac academia. There's a Chloe in law. There's a Chloe in, in um, every industry. Um, 
everybody deals with this and it, because it's, it's, it's very particular to this generation. And like I said, this generation who uh, has never been told that they're not superstars and they come into the workforce. And that's where the humor to me is that, that clash of seeing this breed come in and face these obstacles. Unfortunately, the Chloe's are winning <laughs> because they are very cunning and they know the rules have changed. Yeah, uh, clearly. Uh, you're you're exactly right. Well, so that's what I was going to ask you is, as funny as this book is, it is sort of written with a somewhat pessimistic tone because it does seem like uh, at people with sense of any generation have sort of thrown in the towel to this generation of social media obsessed HR callers. And it's I was going to ask you if you see any reason for optimism going forward. It sounds like the answer is no. No, because the problem is, you know, um, you know, in a macro sense, yeah, you know, the pendulum is going to sw- swing. But personally, you know, you know, someone gets tarred with being a racist or homophobic or or misogynist or whatever, you know, that ruins your career. That ruins your life mm. because in the Google age, that's there forever. And this is what these people know. And that's why I'm pessimistic about it, because, you know, uh, this particular breed of this generation knows very well the, the, the weapons that they have. And someone like me in my 40s, you know, late 40s, you know, someone uh, makes an accusation like that. Your your career's over. Right. Right. Uh, um, absolutely right. Uh, and ger- that's no. the danger. Jeremy, it's a a phenomenal book. I uh, love talking with you about it. Uh, I'll look forward to uh, when you're back in town having you in studio again. Appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's my pleasure. If you want to comment on any portion of my discussion with Jeremy Murphy, feel free to give me a call. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. 